Blog Talk Radio. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. everybody this is brother frank welcome back to another episode of the remnant call glad to have you here with us tonight and um I, this is a special broadcast because it's on friday night and you may be like hey brother frank why are you on friday night you're always on thursday night you're right i am always on thursday night but last night i had so much going on and we're trying to put flooring in here upstairs and it's just uh, it's a, a whole bunch of stuff that's going on, and honestly, to tell you the truth, my heart wasn't right last night. I had came home early, um, hoping to get a few things done, trying to catch up, and something that one of my neighbors had done just really upset me. And it's interesting, uh, we were talking about the program, and my wife's like, you know, we were talking about what it should be titled, and my wife says, well, how about Love Thy Neighbor? And truthfully, that kind of cut me, and I wasn't – my heart wasn't right, and well, Lord is gracious, and a uh, little bit of time passed, and Lord, please forgive me, and, and you know what? We're back on track, uh, and it's just a reminder how in this world to be patient, loving, and forgiving, and you know, I'm a very easygoing person. I don't get uh, upset or frustrated with people very quickly. I let things roll off my shoulders, um, but every once in a while, something happens and kicks up that old man, and I'll tell you what, it's not all right, and it's not acceptable. So I thank God that he's forgiving, that he restores, and um, that all that's done away with, and tonight we can move forward uh, in good conscience. And just want to be transparent, folks. Uh, You know, I mess up. I know we all mess up. Uh, What we do, though, is when we mess up is we ask God to forgive us. We get back on our feet, and we keep moving forward. With that said, if you didn't hear last week's program on fasting and prayer, please check that out. The fast that I have chosen was what it was called. Brother Benjamin was on. Uh, coming out of Isaiah 58, and, uh, you know, folks, there, if you just look in Isaiah 58, the promise is so powerful that God says that he will break every yoke. So if you're struggling with something, uh, maybe like I was, you know, and I had a, got let my neighbor get me upset over something really stupid and foolish, um, prayer and fasting, fasting God's way. And it's not that you demand it from on high. It's, a, it's, it's your way of saying, God, I cannot do it without you. I want to be emptied of my flesh, of, of, of food, of everything, and Lord, fill me. And God says when he sees his people humble themselves, it does something to the very heart of God where he's waiting to pour a blessing out upon you. Well, check that show out. You'll enjoy it. Read Isaiah 58 and then believe what the word of God says. And folks, when you start actually believing and then doing, oh, it's a powerful thing. Well, I'm going to get into tonight's program because it's an important show. 
Um, it, it's very important because the hour we're living in, I'm just open up with a word of prayer. Father, in the name above every name, Yeshua, Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you have the victory. And we thank you that when we mess up, when we make a mistake, Lord, that you are, are there to forgive. Lord, we also know that that grace is not an excuse to live unholy, Lord. It is the power to walk in the ways of God. And, Lord, grace brings about forgiveness to an unforgiving people. And, Lord, we don't want to take that grace for granted, but we want to live in your way and do your will. Thank you, Lord, for all these things. We ask that you bless tonight's show to give honor and glory to you and strength also to the remnant. We thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Well, tonight's program, Servants of Corruption, we're going to jump into Second Peter because there's a lot going on there, folks. It's not only just corruption in the church, it's corruption in the internet, corruption in the government. But the big part that concerns me on the corruption in the internet is the corruption inside of those who are calling themselves people of God on the internet. You know, just a quick little something. If you are a man or a woman of God, and you happen to be a pretty lady, and you're out there proclaiming words of God, and then you're dressing in scantily clothing and putting yourself out there all the time and showing constant selfies of yourself, or if you're a man doing the same kind of things, folks, that is an obvious warning sign that you need to stay away from these people. Yet I see it stuff all the time happening, and people continue to embrace this stuff, and I don't understand why. Well, we're going to look in the Bible because the Word of God has a lot to say about this subject chapter 2 second peter chapter 2 starting in verse 1 but there were false prophets also among the people even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction now i want to start by looking at this for just a moment because it says that there will be there was false prophets among the people and there will also be false teachers among us okay this is nothing new it's all the same it's happened before it will happen again it's happening right now and it will happen more in the end because you got to remember the devil is a counterfeiter that's why there's two second comings there's a false second coming and a true second coming there are true men and women of god in the last days that will prophesy that's why there's false men and women of god that are prophesying right now it's the devil is a counterfeiter so as we see more and more of this counterfeit miraculous and counterfeit stuff going on we know that is a foreshadow that the true is either here or on the way and the devil is trying to get you off track so you cannot spot it but let me give you something here just because a person may say for example they believe that something is going to happen and it doesn't doesn't mean that person is a false prophet Folks, it's when the person is saying, thus saith the Lord, the Lord showed me, the Lord said this thing to me, the Lord told me that this was going to be at this time, and then they don't happen. That is when we know it's a false prophet. Folks, just because someone's off on their timing uh, and it's their own discernment doesn't mean they're a false teacher. we got to be willing to forgive people because they miss something on their own belief. But if they say it's from the Lord, we need to cast that stuff out and get rid of it. See, right now what's bothering me is there's this, you know, the whole Trump prophecies thing and that this false Mark Taylor and all that stuff who was so wrong at the midterm election and all these other things, uh, you know, and, and blatantly false prophecies. And now we've got other people out there, Skywatch TV, which I like some of the people on there, don't get me wrong, but promoting his book 
and, and this man is a known false prophet. Very much frustrates me right now that people are still believing in this guy when he is an obvious false prophet for the return of money. That is troubling to me. It's upsetting to me, and I greatly respect some of the people that are associated with that. But if you are promoting something and that person is truly false, and now he turns around and says anybody who shall speak against his ministry will kindle the wrath of God, I mean, come on. It, it, are you greater than the prophet Jeremiah? When Jeremiah spoke something, people persecuted and said things, and he got thrown in prison and all kinds of things. You know, he was called to suffer at times, but this man has a special anointing that if you even say, call it out, now you're going to kindle God's wrath. Folks, we need to wake up and stop believing in these false things that when people say, this is what the Lord showed me. And then they are wrong on that timing. You need to get away from them. I'm sorry. That's just been frustrating me lately. And, and, and folks, I, I, I want to warn you to stay away from that kind of stuff. It is, da it is dangerous. Now, I want to look at a, the words we said here because in the original language, it's interesting because it says even denying the Lord that brought them. Now, the interesting thing is when you actually look up that word denying, it actually means to refuse also. It's not that they're only they're, – sometimes we read that, and they're saying, well, they're denying the Lord, meaning like, hey, well, the Lord didn't exist, or he never came. These are teachers in the church. you got to remember they're not saying how can they be in the church if they're saying Jesus didn't exist. They're refusing to go along with the very words that God had said. That, you know, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But if you're deny, if you're refusing to do what God says, you know it's interesting. We talk so often about, you know, well, the Ten Commandments were Old Testament. I, 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 folks, I'm sorry. The Ten Commandments were they from the beginning? They were shown to exist before the Ten, before the law was given. Um, it, they were kept in actually, I think it was in Exodus chapter 16. Uh, you saw them being kept in, in back all the way in the garden, all the after the garden, all the way through. And you see the Ten Commandments still being kept again today all the way to the very end. The very thing God wrote with his finger, we keep trying to deny, and I just don't understand that. What in, what in the Ten Commandments would not be in effect today? Is it okay to kill your neighbor? Huh? Is it is it okay to covet against you know, I mean to kill somebody or covet your neighbor's goods? Is it okay to steal and not honor your mother and father? Folks, if you look in Colossians, that's the handwriting, the ordinances of men. Look it up. Look closely to a word study on that. That is what was nailed to the cross. But the thing that God wrote with his very finger, that stays eternal. And so when we don't want to do the things that God has commanded us to do, we are now denying, refusing the Lord by not following what he says to do. And, and it causes issues, and these are what people are teaching in the churches today. Well, verse 2, it says, And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So the actual things that are true, they are now speaking evil of those things. Okay, well, no, you can't stand for that anymore. You can't do that anymore, you know, because that's old school, and that's not very friendly anymore. If you go back to Cain and Abel in the very beginning, the interesting thing that led to the entire mark that Cain got, okay? And if you actually look at the mark of Cain, it was actually a mark of mercy by God sparing his life. But what led up to that point was the fact that Cain decided he wanted to worship God his way. He wanted to bring a sacrifice that he worked from the ground with his own hands. 
and he thought that would be better than that which would grew of itself by bringing an animal, which was what God was really desiring. And so when God accepted Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's, Cain was now angry at Abel, the one who wanted to do what God had asked to do. You see, folks, when you sign up to do the truth, when you want to follow the things that God wants you to do, when you want to walk in his ways, don't be upset and surprised when there are those out there who now hate you because you are trying to follow the things that God says he wants you to do. But the Lord said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I'll say it again. It, God says it's not just enough to say I love you. If you truly love me, you will actually follow my ways. Folks, it's not works to obey the Lord, okay? Because you can't do your own works being a believer anyways. God foreordained them all before the foundations of the world that we could walk in his works. So that means every good work that you do, it came from him. That's why we don't do our own works. They, do, they are God's works, and we simply carry them out. And that's by obeying God or being, you know, following his ways is not working your way into the kingdom. It says in verse 3, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgments, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah and the eight... <clears throat> The eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the, word of the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. Now that's a lot to bite off in one point there. But listen to what the Lord says. For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down into hell. So these were heavenly beings. And honestly, actually, you cannot find that concept anywhere being of, of angels being reserved in chains of darkness. That actually is from the book of Enoch. Um, I'm not saying it's scripture, folks, but Peter directly quotes, and so does Jude from Enoch. And there's some things that Paul says. It's a, I think it's a great book you ought to read. I'm not saying it's scripture, but that's where that you can only places you can find that at. But it's saying here that if God didn't spare the angels that who once were around him, that were in his holiness but turned from him, you know, then what do you think he's going to do unto us? All right? I mean, okay, he didn't spare the old world, okay, but he saved Noah, and he even turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, making them an example. What God's trying to say is, look what happened in the past, okay? Look what happened there. Do you think it's going to be any different for us? You can't – listen, you can't embrace sodomy and Gomorrah and think that it's okay. You can't be a gay-friendly church and think that that's okay. Being friendly to gay people is something we do because we're believers, but accepting it in your church and embracing it, now that is against the very word of God, and you cannot do that. And the Lord is trying to warn us through his servant Peter here. To look what happened in the back in the days, and I'm here to tell you that Sodom and Gomorrah is nowhere near as corrupt as many of the places in the United States. Matter of fact, we are way more corrupt than Sodom and Gomorrah ever was, 
and we think it's going to be okay in the church to embrace these ungodly practices and think it's okay to live in adultery and to, and to do all these things, and God is just going to wink his eye and say it's okay because we decided that we don't need to follow his commands because we're now under grace and no longer under the law. Folks, the Bible says in Romans that grace came that we would no longer be the servants or the slaves unto sin. Grace didn't come to give you a, a licentiousness, meaning a license to sin. Grace came that it would break you free from sin. It, look it up. It's in the book of Romans that we would no longer be servants. Now it is the power to live holy through grace. You can't do it in your flesh. You'll never be able to live holy on your own. That's why we need grace. Verse 7, and deliver just lot, vexed with the filthy conversations of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Now, here's the interesting thing. Do you remember what happened to Lot? The Lord goes – okay, so first it starts out with Abraham. He gives Lot a choice. Lot chooses Sodom and Gomorrah, the plains down there in, – or in Sodom, excuse me. He chooses the plains, and eventually he works his way all the way into the city. It drew him in. And so he, being a good man, ends up vexing his own soul because he's living around this ungodliness. You see, folks, God calls us to minister to the wicked. God calls us to reach out to the wicked. But God does not call you to go and put your camp in the midst of that and live nonstop. And now, he may tell you to do this to rescue somebody. But, folks, it is not good for believers to yoke themselves with unbelievers and live like that. It's like this. If you want to get off crack, I tell drug addicts because I was one, you don't go and hang out at the crack house. You don't go do that stuff. And so uh, Lot was setting himself up for failure here, and you remember the angels came in there. They tried to share with him what was going on, and so when Lot turned around and tried to tell his children or his uh, son-in-laws and stuff, they looked at him as he was mocking. Like, he, like, what is he doing here? You see, Lot's a picture of many in the church in the last day. The warning comes, but they don't want to hear it. Lot was trying to share it with those of his own household, but they didn't want to hear it to the point where the angels finally had to grab them and drag them out of there. You see, the Lord is doing whatever he can, and it means that sometimes he has to drag us out of a position. He is going to do that. But see, Lot wasn't, was not wanting to listen. Finally, he gets drug out of there, but it still wasn't good enough. His wife still ended up turning back. That is a picture of what is going on in many of the churches today. The warning is coming out, but people look at the ones they're saying as idiots. They're just mocking. They're being silly. They're, they don't know what they're talking about. They're, they're not being relevant right now. That is what we are up against, and it's permeating not only in the, in the churches, but it's actually permeating, permeating out in what is called the remnant or what we are, people are calling the remnant and in what is called the watchman society of these last days because people are saying some things that are not godly at all. Verse 10, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. You see the problem these people? They don't like authority over them. 
That's what their problem is. They don't want anybody to tell them what to do. That's why they despise any dignity. They, they, don't, they despise a government. They despise anybody that would try to impose any rule of law. Now, I'm not talking about you know, rulers when they are ungodly and they go and, and try to force you to do something of God. But what this is trying to say is they don't want to be told what to do. Folks, if your God is not big enough to tell you what to do, then you're not serving the same God that's in the Bible. Because my God, the one that's in the Bible, is big enough to tell you what to wear. He's big enough to tell you what to eat. He's big enough to tell you how to talk. He's big enough to tell you how to dress. He's big enough to tell you whatever it is that he wants to say because that's how big he is. But these people don't want to hear it. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord, but these as, un, as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. You see, these things are talking about stuff that not even angels would dare bring railing accusations against. You remember when it was talking about when 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 the the um, Michael didn't even bring an accusation was it yes against the um, Satan it said it said the Lord rebuke you I I see these pastors and everything and all these people sometimes saying well you got to take the power over the devil and I'll rebuke him and I do these things and I'll bite him in the foot and all these things folks you and your strength aren't going to rebuke anybody we rebuke them in the name of the Lord. We don't rebuke in our own self. Our own self has no power. There was somebody who tried to do those things in the New Testament. They got overcame by the demons and ran out naked. We, we do it in the name of the Lord. We must be careful on what we, they, we do and how we speak of people and be respectful. The Lord wants us to respect authority where it is out there. These natural brute beasts, though, they perish in their own corruption. And shall receive the reward of the unrighteous as they that counted pleasure in, to riot in the daytime. Spots they are, blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. These people are in the church. They're doing all these things. They're right there in all your services. They're right there with you in your home fellowships or whatever like that. And they're causing division. They are spots. They are ruining what's going on there. Folks, sometimes this is a big problem in many churches today. People will let a church die over one family, one individual, instead of standing up and doing that which is right. They will let it perish and crumble. And folks, years ago when I was a part of something, I made a mistake. I should have said something, but we had it happen again one time some years back again, and we decided, you know what? No more. We're not going to do this. Never going to let a church die over a family or a person. We need to stand up for what is right and do the right thing. It doesn't mean we're not kind and we're not loving and we don't do those things, but when someone is causing division that is unbiblical, you need to do something about it. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. You know, folks, this is another one that gets me, and I mention this so many times, it just frustrates me so much. When I see people who call themselves believers, men especially who call themselves believers, and they get out around the guys and everything, and it's all right, let's let the swear words start flying, maybe make some rude comments and all that stuff, but oh, we're going to the church and hallelujah and praise the Lord around, but as soon as I think I'm alone and it's okay to say something, I'm just going to go in there you know, and, and do whatever I want to do. 
this is just ridiculous, and it's very frustrating that people would do these things in these days and think that it is somehow godly. Verse 14, 15, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the ways of Balaam, the son of Bosar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. Now, the interesting thing about Balaam, he was actually a true prophet. Yes, he was. He actually had real prophecies that were God given. The problem was Balaam was insane. Balaam kept trying to curse the Lord for his own pro- – or curse the children of God for his own prophet, but then he, had, he went out there, and he would end up blessing them again. But finally he did give some bad advice about marrying their daughters over and, and messing them up, and, and, and he did do real damage. But the problem is, is that, folks, there are many people who once started out walking with the Lord who end up walking away from God. Now, I'm going to touch on a little bit of a, of a touchy subject, and some people don't feel very comfortable with, with this subject. And I know there's a lot of people that believe once you're saved, you're always saved. You can never walk away from the Lord. But, folks, that is just the most craziest logic I have ever heard, that you, once you can, you're saved, you can just be, do whatever you want and live however you want. And then they'll say, well, no, that's not really true because… Uh, what, it, what it really means is that if you were to walk away, you weren't actually saved to begin with. But, folks, that's not, not true. God give, we come to God freely. We are given a free choice. God also, at the same time, gives us the free choice that if we decide to leave or we decide to walk away from the Lord, we have the right to do that. God does not force us to stay and follow him always. God gives us the ability to do that. And so we, you know, we can walk away. And there's a verse in, in the book of Revelation, and it speaks to this. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, oops, I skipped a page here. I think it's Revelation chapter 4. Uh, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcometh the same shall clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So God's saying, listen, for the overcomers, I'll not, I'm not going to blot you out of the book of life. Now, folks, I want to tell you something right now. You're not born into the book of life, okay? You get written into the book of life when we accept Christ. Now, the Lord says here, I will. he says he can blot you out. I will not blot out his name out of the book. So, folks, I'm not trying to scare you because God can keep you from falling. It's a promise in, in, in Jude, and in the, in the final it says, unto him is able to keep us from falling and, and present us faultless. The Lord says, listen, if you trust me, I'll keep you from ever falling away. But you have the right to walk away from the Lord. And just because somebody started out on the right track doesn't mean that they cannot take a bad path. The good news is is that you can turn back, and that's the wonderful thing. No matter how far you've gotten off, you can always turn back to the Lord, and I just thank God for that. God is always uh, always willing to take somebody back who will have a change of heart. Continuing on here, verse 16. 
but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumbass speaking in the man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. You know, he was so out of control that God had to send his own donkey to to stop him from what he was doing. He was about to run into an angel. Was about to cut him down. Thank goodness that the Lord uh, had that ain't that donkey say something and stop him. These are wells without armor, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them, who live in error while they promise them liberty. They themselves are the servants of corruption, for whom a man is overcome of the same he is brought into bondage. And that is where we are at tonight, the servants of corruption. Now, it says in verse 18 again, for when they speak great spelling words. Now, folks, this is talking also not only about the church, but this is also reflecting what's going on in our government today. It says they speak great swelling words of vanity. They allure through the lust of the flesh. What can I get you? More freedom. You can marry who you want. If you love it, put a ring on it. I don't care if you want to marry your cow and have baby calf humans, whatever you want to do, even though it's not possible. I'm just saying they don't care. You can have whatever liberty you want to live is vile and sick and disgusting. We promise you liberty, but the Bible says that they themselves are the servants of corruption. All of this liberty that is being promised by our government today when the truth is that they are nothing more, many of them, than the very servants of corruption because what they are promising is so far away from the word of God. You hear it left and right. What can we do? What can we give you more? What can we make your life more pleasurable? How can we put more sin possibly in your hand than what already is? We will try to do it. That's what they're saying. And the same thing is going on in the church today. Live how you want. Do how you want. If you're in living in adultery, don't you dare preach about it. If there is a, live open homosexuality, don't you dare say anything about it. If there's pride going on in the church, don't say anything about it. Whatever your sin, gluttony, whatever it might, be just embrace it all because God will bless everything no matter what it is they're the servants of corruption and yet they promise so much liberty you see the true liberty in the Bible comes from serving Christ it's the kind of liberty that frees a person from sin it sets you free and when you have a, str a stronghold and you have a, a stumbling block that you've gotten tripped on, liberty in Christ, it comes and brings you hope. Knowing that if you stick with the Lord, he gives victory. But unfortunately, too many people are afraid to stand for what's true in these last days. Verse 21 for, excuse me, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome the latter, end is worse with them than the beginning. You remember the parable in the Bible, the story in the Bible about when the house was cleaned out, the devil, and he left, and he came back a little while later, and he found that the home was empty. And so now he brings more friends, and now he's seven times more wicked than when they first started. You see, the Bible is very specific that if your house is empty, it will be filled with something. You can't just get overcome some sin and think it's okay. No, we have to be filled with the very spirit of the living God. And the Lord is wanting to fill his people with the spirit. 
You see, these servants of corruption, these people, they've always been here. These lying governors and everything, they've always been here. But God has a way for us to escape. And as the days get more evil and sin gets uglier and uglier, the Lord is going to do something amazing. He is going to actually make us holier and holier. Because as sin is going to abound, righteousness will abound even more. God has a counter to what's going on. So no matter how wicked this world is going to become, God has a dose of holy living. But it starts with not denying the Lord or refusing to do what he says. You see, obedience to God is liberty. It's freedom. It makes you feel so happy when you are walking in his ways. It, you, folks, because you know when you're not walking in the ways that, that the Lord, through the Spirit, saying, hey, man, it's time to get back on the path. I want you to walk in my ways. And in holiness. See, these servants of corruption, they're killing the church. They're killing the United States of America. They're killing our children. It's time we do something about it. It's not that we're going to go out and fight the government, folks. I'm not one of those people, okay? I'm not, uh, I'm not here to do that. I'm going to fight the government by sharing Jesus Christ. That's how I do it. Not by picking up arms and shooting people. I have plenty of arms, but I'm not here to wage war. The only war we're going to be waging as believers is on our knees. On our knees. Now, I know that upsets somebody when I talked about it on another program, but if you want to go fight them with your own guns, and go ahead. I'm here to serve the Lord. Now, if you come in hard to harm my family and you're a burglar, you will get, you will get a rude awakening when you come through my door. I can guarantee you that. But I'm not here to fight the federal government. I am here to save souls, and that's by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So what, what's the antidote to these servants of corruption? What's the antidote to these false preachers that are out there? What's the antidote to these things that are going on right now? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It starts in 1 Thessalonians 5.21 when Paul said, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Paul wants us to actually prove the things that we're hearing out there, that we've heard on the internet, that we've listened to. He wants us to prove them so we will know that which is right. He wants us to know the things that what are true and what are not true. You remember the Bereans, right? Paul talked about them. The Bereans, and says the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. So when Paul saw the Bereans, he said these people are more honorable. Okay? They're more they're more noble, they're more honorable because they didn't just take the things that Paul said as being true. They actually searched the scriptures to see if they were correct. We need to prove all things and we search the scriptures to see if they line up with the very word of God. You see, so, folks, if God if someone is prophesying if someone is saying something that is prophetic, it will line up with the very word of God. Now, here's, let me just give you something about the word of God. Just because somebody prophesies something, 
and it comes to pass actually does not mean that they are a true prophet. Deuteronomy 11 is very specific, that there are some people who can prophesy, and the things come to pass, yet they lead you away from the Lord, meaning the teachings that they have, the things that they say, what they are talking about, leads you away from the Word of God. So if somebody's prophesying something that's leading you away from either the prophecy or the things they are teaching is leading you away from what the Bible says, there is no light in them, even though they have spoken a prophecy that came to pass. You need to remember that. The Bible, if, the, if, it doesn't, if it doesn't line up with the word and the testimony, the law and the testimony, it, you, there's no light in them, the Bible says, specifically. That's how we, we, there's very specific tests to do the true and false prophecy that are in the Bible. But another thing that's very important, and this is the one that troubles me a lot because I've seen it before, and it's spiritual abuse if I've ever seen it. And that are those people who are always say, well, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me that, the Lord told me this. And, and what happens is people get afraid because they always have a word from the Lord. They hear from the word. These people hear from the Lord more than the prophets in the Bible heard from the Lord, okay? They heard from the Lord every time they need a word to say. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. But the Bible has a very specific test for these people to know if they're true or not. It's in Ephesians 5, 9 through 12. It says, for the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth. Prove what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is the shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. So the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. So the Bible also says that their fruit by their fruits ye shall know them. So when you don't see the fruit of God, in their words, in the works that they do, in the things that they do, yet they, they don't – they are always saying a special word, and, and we prove the things that they talk about that they're not from God, and the way they act that it's not from God. And, and, and the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. Then, folks, you need to l let that spiritual abuse go and turn that person off. And I'm telling you right now, when I hear a person that's got a word from the Lord every two seconds, I'm done. I already know they're not from God because there's no evidence in the Bible anybody ever had. And the words that they have don't even line up with any of the words in the Bible. They don't come in the same fashion. They don't sound the same way. You know, they don't. They, most of the time when there is prophecy in the Bible, it was many times it was a word of rebuke. It was very strong. And and it was very hard. You know, when these, you know, these all oh, the Lord said you're gonna have great prosperity and do all these I mean, I've never seen this kind of prophecy in the word of God that I hear these people saying all the time. It's it's unbelievable. We need to test it by the very word of God. First John four one, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. We have to try these spirits. That means we need to be in prayer. We need to be seeking God, and we need to be filled with his spirit so we will know the truth from the error. Folks, the best way to tell false prophecy is to be so familiar with true prophecy, and that comes from reading the word and praying and knowing God. To the law, as I said, into the testimony, if they speak not according to his word, it is because there is no light in them. God is very specific on that. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. These are all the antidotes of the false prophets. These are all the antidotes. We need to seek the Lord. 
pray, search the scripture, find out what God's word says. Folks, you don't have to be fall into bondage. of If these people are speaking against the word, let it go and move on. We need to seek the truth in these last days. The biggest problem that's going to happen to many that call themselves believers is they no longer love the truth. Therefore, many, is going to fall, many are going to fall away because they don't love the truth anymore. I didn't say that they know all the truth. No, we are all learning truth every day. The problem is when they hear truth and they see truth, they don't want to obey truth because it might affect their lifestyle. It's all the problem we have with abortion. People want to get an abortion because it affects their prosperity. It affects this baby, their lifestyle. Now, if you've had an abortion, you need to repent, and God can forgive. But you don't just because you made a mistake in the past doesn't mean you have to go and support these mistakes in the future. We stand up for truth, but we're also willing to forgive just like God has forgiven us. Folks, these are the last days. We're living in precarious times. The Lord has given us a great word from his from the word of the, from the Bible. All scripture is given for inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect through furnished unto excuse me, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God has a way to keep us to the very end. Folks, keep praying, keep seeking the Lord, fasting and prayer, and he will lead us into all truths. And yes, there's going to be true prophets. There's already true prophets out there, but you need to discern the true from the false. And we do that by seeking the Lord with all of our heart. Stay in his word, read it, follow it, do it. Even if you don't understand it, just read it anyways. The Lord will give you understanding when you are wanting him more than you are wanting anything else. God will give you the understanding. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, keep seeking God. Good night and shalom. Lord,